Let me ask you a yield riddle. Who can rap to sick beats that she produces? And also pursue a PhD in the Sciences and Technology Studies Department at an Ivy League University? If you want to know the answer, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Cynthia. And I'm Clara. And you're listening to... So Claire and I went to the Haunt in Ithaca, which is this bar slash venue for concerts and things like that, to see Samus Elucid and Milo perform. So I'm assuming out there that was Milo and you played? Yeah, that was that. Was, Have yeah. you performed together before? or? Yeah, we performed together. Actually, this is my third time performing with, with Milo. I've never performed with um, Elucid before. So. This is Samus, but her real name is... Anango Lumumba Kasango. Um, I'm a PhD student at Cornell University in the Science and Technology Studies Department. I'm also a producer and rapper who goes by the name Samus. So Claire and I were lucky enough to get an interview with Samus and we asked her a few questions about... I remember watching a video of yourself and you performed slash uh, presented and you described yourself as a woman, a person of color, an activist, a scholar, and a gamer. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know, out of all these identities, like how would you describe yourself first and foremost? Yeah, um, I mean, it's identity is such a weird thing because, uh, like, you know, as you mentioned, we have these kind of signifiers, these things that we, we put in our bios, but um, the importance of them kind of comes in and out throughout, throughout your day, throughout your, your kind of experience. So it's like on my um, Instagram, my bio says, like, black-ass woman. Like, that's, like, the, <laughs> the main thing, the first and foremost thing. Um, and of course, you know, race colors everything that I do in, in my worldview, but that's, um, but I feel like it's limiting. I feel like it's limiting to sort of say that's the primary space from which I'm operating. Um, you know, obviously, be, being a woman, um, being someone who loves video games, all those things inform what I'm doing, so it's hard. It's hard for me to identify like the thing. Um, I think it's all of those things and more. <laughs> yeah. So you you play video games and you mention it a lot, especially yeah. with and in fact Samus obviously. Yeah, yeah. In, the video game. <laughs> in case you were wondering, Samus is the character from the video game Metroid. And I, I wanted to know. So you identify yourself as being part of a uh, nerdcore, which mm-hmm. is an up and coming genre in hip hop. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know, like, uh, how would you define nerdcore and how would you put yourself into that? Yeah, so I would say actually that that nerdcore was sort of a label that was, <laughs> I don't want to say imposed on me, but it, it was definitely something that I wasn't aware of until after I had already been making music for some time. So essentially nerdcore music, as I've learned or as I'm learning about it, is um, music that, hip-hop music that sort of uh, draws on like nerdy, geeky tropes. So that can be anything from a character, from inhabiting the role of a character, like I took on the role of Samus. Games and 
There's another rapper named Mega Ran who took from the rapper, took from the video game character Mega Man. Um, and sometimes you, t you speak about their canon, sometimes you just take on the name and then talk about whatever. Um, other folks interpret that to mean things like rapping about like computer programming or, um, you know, in, in my case, I could talk about pursuing a PhD. Um, but that's one aspect of it. And the other aspect is sort of sonically folks who will like sample video games to, for their beats um, or kind of, you know, sample, you know, popular music scores, Star Wars, those types of things. Um, and so it's complicated, I think, the term nerdcore just because a lot of the things that I think used to be considered like nerdy, geeky, you know, highly, you know, specialized groups of folks like these things, they're now like completely commonplace. Like nobody's shocked by someone playing Mario. No, Mario's not like, you know, he's, yeah. he's a part of our, our culture uh, at large. So um, yeah, it's nerdcore is a weird thing for me because I feel like I'm sort of under the umbrella of just indie hip hop, but I also recognize that what I'm doing can be seen as a little bit more specialized because I draw so heavily on my sort of video game uh, background. So you mentioned like how you sort of, uh, you could rap about like being a PhD student or something like that. Yeah. How does being a PhD student and a rapper like work? Like how do you balance things and how do they influence each other? Yeah, in terms of balance, I've done a terrible job of that. <laughs> um, I, I was hoping, I think, that I could find some sweet spot, but as I'm learning, it's, there isn't really one. You just kind of keep it all together until it all falls apart, then you keep it all together until it all falls apart in terms of just my schedule and planning and, and being in places. But um, I would say that I have learned to prioritize. I have learned to say, like, no to this and yes to that, um, uh, which in the beginning of my sort of academic and music, when I was, was starting to do both at the same time, I would take on opportunities in both worlds, as many as I could, so I was going to the conferences, but then I was also you know, taking any gigs that I could find, and that was, I think, fruitful for me and helped me to move forward in my, my careers respectively, but it's exhausting and like completely unsustainable, so. I'm kinda scared of the academy. I think that my parents are proud of me. I just wish I knew how to be comfortable here. I never feel like I'm allowed to breathe. Rubbing shoulders with these old nerds. Rocking sweat I think now my sort of focus is, is trying to find ways to marry the two worlds together. So like last week I had gave a talk at University of Michigan. I was invited to speak to University of Michigan. They have like an MLK symposium um, and a number of different people come in and so because of my kind of academic work and music work, I was invited to speak in an academic space, but I was able to also perform. Um, and so I think that's that's been this neat intersection that you know I don't think a lot of other MCs get to experience, in which I'm invited into these academic worlds. I get to go to schools, and, and I'm you know just finished planning a tour, and one of the stops is at a university where I'm going to give a talk, but then also perform. Um, so that's been cool, seeing how they. Um, the two worlds are aren't actually as far apart as I thought they were. And like moving forwards, do you know what you're gonna do like after you get your PhD? Or are you gonna like go the music route? I don't know. Yeah, um, I, my hope is um, you know obviously to become Beyonce level type levels of famous, but <laughs> um, but 
I think more realistically, um, I have been able to, um, I always put it like this, that when I was a kid, um, in terms of music, I always thought you either were like a starving artist or you were like Mariah Carey. I didn't realize that there was any sort of middle ground, but um, having done this for some time, I've met so many artists and musicians who are able to live sustainably through their music, um, you know, through touring every now and then and, and um, you know, recording, putting albums together every year, every couple years. So, I mean, I would love to continue doing music um, you know, without the sort of stress of taking on research, um, of doing research and having to sort of fulfill my, my academic requirements. But I do like academic spaces in some ways. I think that there's something neat about being able to go into the academy and talk about stuff that's happening, um, you know, my, in hip hop world and in terms of activist work. Um, so I think if I could find a residency at a school, that's like my dream job is to have some kind of position um, where I'm able to, um, you know, the school is supporting me, but supporting me in terms of my sort of uh, music endeavors. Um, I know there's a, an artist in residence program at, uh, at Risley at Cornell mm -hmm. where someone can come in and kind of, you know, work with students in Risley yeah. and, and that kind of thing. So I love something like that I feel like is really ideal for me where I can be on a campus but also still do my music stuff. As someone who's been on Rosalie, I think that people would really enjoy that. <laughs> now I'm seeing the world in 1080p. <laughs> now I'm seeing my world in 1080p. You said that you're uh, a PhD student in sound um, design, or was it like... Oh, um, so it's the, the field is science and technology studies, but mm -hmm. my specific area of, of interest is in a field called sound studies. And so my, my like dissertation research is about the, the politics of studio spaces. Um, specifically studios that are in low-income areas and um, are are put together with the explicit purpose of like teaching folks how to like produce hip-hop beats or um, you know how to DJ those kinds of things and what expertise looks like in a space like that when you have people coming from a, a wide variety of different um, kind of musical and technical backgrounds and, and whose voice gets to count as being the voice of the expert is sort of the thing I'm interested in. Yeah, and I, was, I just thought it was really interesting that you decided to go for the science and technology route of yeah. Um, sound. Yeah. And I was wondering, uh, did you ever consider going like strictly on the musical route if mm -hmm. you wanted to pr pursue a PhD or just be in um, music? Yeah, so... I one of the things that attracted me to science and technology studies as I I went to Cornell for undergrad as well and that was where I first encountered this field um, is that I was never I was never formally musically trained so in my mind I didn't see like I always loved it and I always was kind of making stuff but um, for whatever reason I didn't feel like you know this is m music that I could s study um, and I think that that's changing I mean there there are departments that are committed to thinking about issues around hip-hop and um, I think even in the um, in the, our music in the Cornell music department there's a class on you know making music on the computer but when I was in undergrad I didn't realize that that was an avenue that you could even move down um, so for me I loved um, the class that I took we studied like the history of the electronic synthesizer and it made me start thinking okay I can like think about sound and music but I don't have to be formally trained I can I can like still engage with some of the interesting stuff that that music and sound does for me without 
have knowing how to read sheet music or that kind of stuff that I, I think at the time I was concerned would would impede me from moving down sort of a musical route. Take a little study break. I'm having great sex with rad dudes. I don't like no assholes. I don't like little rascals. They feel the dopamine and then I rope with me and they call me Wonder Woman. I rock a lasso. Saturday I'm with bad chicks. If I had to say, look like a pageant. A couple pretty young things. Uh, should we wrap it up, I guess? Ha, huh, funny. <laughs> um, uh, I think I had a, a few more, more questions. I though. think we should ask. What we really wanted to cover in this um, episode, I suppose you could say, is that, so we were going to interview the CU Cyphers. The CU Cyphers are a freestyle hip-hop club at Cornell. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. we were wondering, were you did, you, yeah, were you ever a part of them or any No, groups? I didn't, see, I, so I didn't learn about, I started rapping after I had graduated um, from undergrad. So I, um, moved to Houston. I was in Teach for America after I graduated from undergrad and so I moved to Houston and it was in Houston when I started rapping and then I came back for grad school um, and by the time I came back CU Cyphers was a thing. I don't know if it was a group when I was on campus um, but now that I've been on campus like I've had them come to, I was an assistant residence hall director so they've come to do events at at the residence hall where I was working um, but I, I wasn't. I wish that like when I was on campus, there would have been a group like that, or I would have known about it or been involved, because I think they're doing really cool stuff to just have like students who are committed to thinking about hip-hop and rap. And committed they certainly are. I got to meet them last Friday, and unfortunately we had planned to do a rap interview with the CU Cyphers. However, due to time constraints, we couldn't actually do it. So um, I'm going to wrap the question still as a treat, but I'm going to uh, then demonstrate what the real questions and the real answers are. Hopefully it all turns out for the best. Start lyrically, but first empirically Tell your story, show your word, dexterity Grim says a tale if you're feeling me Cypress in a real is feeling all princessy Translation, introduce yourself. My name is Natter, uh, stage name I go by Natter. I'm a sophomore right now in the Dyson School of Applied Economics and Management, and I'm the treasurer of the CU Cyphers. Fridays, five to six, and my real hobby. We be chilling, throwing bars, and we float so clean that you never see us coming like a broke ass team. My name is Jared. My stage name is Jay Wong, aka DJ Flow Camel. I'm a senior in computer science, and I'm the vice president of CU Cyphers. Cypher Nation, now we at it again. Mic too hot to drop, so we spark a plan. Y'all understand the man from the Cypher crew, ridiculously spitting everything I Cypher do. Whole team on the track now we bringing it back on the scene i say what i mean we're keeping it lean and mean and clean because we want you all to join our team my name is marissa my stage name is rizzo or rizzo and i'm a phd student in uh, psychology and behavioral and uh evolutionary neuroscience <laughs> I'm a nerd, so all my t-shirts are ironic, but don't let it fool you, the flow is still iconic. Harder than bedrock, my punchline's tectonic, have you making smooth moves when you hear that supersonic? Wave after wave, I'm attacking like a zoo bat, rhyming so saintly, got the crowd saying who that, it's true that, when I come through the crew start swinging new jack, but if you've been to I'm, uh, I'm Joshua, um, I go by Farfali, no, Farfella. Yes. Um, I'm a sophomore in Applied Engineering Physics here in the Engineering School, and uh, I'm the Minister of Fat Beats here at CU Cyphers.
We're turning higher power, should I say higher degree? Gaining freshman 15s like we're gay, boy, race it be wearing a sweater with a C. It's just the bare necessities, but we still chill in more real to kill the beat. I am Evan Zacco. Uh, stage name is Doughboy. I am in the School of Engineering, a material science and engineering major, and I'm the president, soon to be impeached, of CU Cyphers. Yeah, I dropped a tape with Black Adult, hey. I dropped a tape with Buttercup, hey. A duo I dropped solo, K. But United House Life is coming up, hey. Makes the difference when you sum us up, hey. Raise the temperature when summer's up, hey. To give you the rundown, we running it. Don't never see a runner up, cause they run away. I'm Elijah Cohen, AKA Honey Bee. I am a junior studying mathematics, and I am the Cypher's OG. Question two, real quick, talk about how. You started from the bottom to where you are now. How you start rapping? How you start trapping? How you start toe tapping, beat mashing? Sports drama, art photography. Why ain't these your main activity? Instead you fell for the rhythm and the rhyme in the game and aim for prime word poetry. Translation, when did you start rapping and why? For some of them, it was almost natural. Well, back home, hip hop was essentially always on in the background in some form. And when I came here to Cornell, uh, I realized that was missing, so I started rapping. A few of them started quite early. Fifth grade was the first time I actually performed a rap, and then it kind of lay dormant for a while. Did it again some in high school for assorted projects just because I thought it was cool. And once I got here, I found out there was a rap club, and I just started fine tuning it. I started rapping when I was 13 because I started producing in seventh grade. And then I really wanted to become famous, um, but then I realized that there were no famous producers. But there were famous rappers, so that's why I started rapping. Others didn't even start rapping until they had joined CU Cyphers. I pretty much started rapping a year and a half ago when I found CU Cyphers at Club Fest, fall 2015, freshman year. A few started rapping as a hobby. It was just something me and my friends did as, as a hobby, and then we got better at it and got more interested, and then I came to Cornell, and then I found CU Cyphers. But one saw the tie between comedy and rap. Um, I just started rapping about a year ago. My background is more into comedy. I do stand-up and um, I've done a lot of improv and so I kind of had a knack for making up songs on the spot. A lot of like song parodies uh, and so some of that had involved doing rap and I thought hey you know I could I could write more and, and do that and so only in the last year or so it's been actually playing with lyrics that are more serious and finding my voice in terms of actually having something to say in a song rather than just, you know, trying to make a laugh. 24-7, seven days a week, class books all cause of the Ivy League. Cyphers can't sleep, but no fatigue. Tell us how you do it, come on, mind intrigue. The tone was quite intense, but as it suggests, this was our ultimate question, and we wanted to know, finally, how does academics tie with rap or vice versa? Quite often, someone mentioned that rapping was just a creative outlet for them, or a way to de-stress. And I've always used rap and this club as a sort of window that I just set aside for myself, that no matter how busy I am, I come here for an hour and a half and I completely forget about my other responsibilities, or I try to completely forget about my other responsibilities and just kind of relax. So as a PhD student, you know, uh, a lot of us are completely immersed in our work, but it's also so important in terms of work-life balance and just for mental health to have other outlets, and so that's what a lot of what CU Cyphers has been for me, an outlet. I mean, I feel pretty much the same way in a lot of respects. This is a time where I am not in the library, 
which is pretty great. I agree. For me, personally, there's very little crossover between academics and this. I think this is an outlet for creativity, also de-stressing. I almost kind of use the rapping to get away from academia. I don't know, doing the two simultaneously, I've been told is really uh, counterculture, at least when I took that back home. Um, and I kind of enjoy that because it's, it's just doing something completely different. Maybe it's, you can think of it as like diversifying what I'm doing, but really it's just relaxation time. But somehow they still found ties between academics and their rapping. The showmanship and the presentation of it has really helped me come along in terms of public speaking or even in like arguments or debates we'll have with people. It's very easy to think if you think of it in terms of a rap. My computer science degree is also heavily focused on music and computing in the arts. So this is also another aspect of that. It's something musical that I do that's that side of my personality. But I also feel like this is in some way, it's helped me in my classes in that, you know, if I can come here and rap for five straight minutes about absolutely nothing, if I have to actually present about the topic that I'm informed about, that's easy in comparison. I think that science communication is a big deal and being able to uh, disseminate research to the public and make it in, in forms that are accessible but also fun and entertaining. And so I see myself using rap in the future to help communicate maybe into intense or difficult topics in neuroscience that can be fun. Um, I have considered doing a kind of, I guess, sort of gimmicky thing where like I, I rap about my subject material, but I don't think I'm ever going to pursue that. But that doesn't mean it can't be done and done well. What Jared didn't say is that he's performed raps about his major computer science at both hackathons and in front of hundreds of people in his classes and done incredible jobs of that. Which hackathons? Big Red Hacks last year. So we would like to thank the CU Cyphers for interviewing them and letting us use their fat beats, fat P-H-A-T. And we'd like to thank Samus who let us interview her and for all the music she allowed us to use. And I'd really, really love to thank the listeners for tolerating my uh, whack raps. Uh, so whack that Keith Haring is probably going to make a mural out of it. And if you don't know who he is, please look him up. You can find us at soundcloud.com slash voices podcast and we're on WVBR and WRFI. You can also find us on iTunes. Just Google Voices Podcast. No pressure. Um, no pressure, said her, but there's a mic. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm just going to stumble around like, like.